0: Lord, we just are so glad we can meet today around your word. We ask that you would bless us as we finish up Matthew. And then um, whether we go into Acts a little bit and then maybe Daniel, someone's asked to do. So whatever we do, would you bless it, Lord, in Jesus' name? Amen. Did anybody want to do Daniel next or did you say you wanted Acts? What, what What do you want to do next? Daniel's good. Well, after we finish Matthew, should we do a little bit of Acts to get the flow of what happened in history and then go into Daniel? Or do you want to just, when we finish Matthew, go directly into Daniel? You do what you want to do. Well, I don't, I love it all. How so do we, <laughs> so you're fine. All right. Turn to 27, Matthew 27. And I was just going back over. What we had, what we finished up last week about Peter, imagine him cursing and swearing, I do not know Jesus, that's what it's saying. Verse 72 of, of chapter 26 says, 71, when he'd gone out to the gateway, another girl saw Peter, said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while, those who stood by came to him and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, because your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Then he went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death, and when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, he was remorseful, and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and went out and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with with the, this money the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled, and um, Dr. Ryrie says, <clears throat> the potter's field was a where potters dug clay for making pottery vessels. It may have been full of holes so as to make it easy to bury people there who had no family tombs." Well, I think he was probably guessing at that, but it's a possibility. And so they took counsel and bought the potter's field. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver the value of him who was priced, whom they, the children of Israel, priced, and gave them for a potter's field, as the Lord directed me." Now that's a quote from Jeremiah 32. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, "'Are you the king of the Jews?' So Jesus said to him, "'It is as you say.' And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? And he answered him, Not a word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished, and they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? for he knew that because of envy they delivered him while he was sitting on the judgment seat his wife sent to him saying have nothing to do with that just man for i have suffered many things today in a dream because of him but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for barabbas and destroy jesus the governor answered and said to them which of the two do you want me to release to you and they said barabbas Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Do you suppose that's why the Jewish people have suffered so down through these thousand years, two thousand years? Wherever they go, they've been pushed out of the country. There was one time when there was only one Jew left in France. And, you know, countries just got rid of them. His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So this scourging was an awful thing too, flogged by means of a leather whip, Dr. Ryrie says, that had pieces of bone or metal embedded in its thongs. Imagine how that would tear your skin. It was used by the Romans only on murderers and traitors. So when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the barracks and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, They took the robe off him, put on his own clothes, and led him away to be crucified. Now, as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled Simon to bear the cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, for when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots." And when I was over there some 30 years ago, I suppose, we saw the tomb where maybe he was buried, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb down. You take a little path and there's a place of the skull. You can see that it's a skull in the stone there. So it wouldn't be any difficulty at all to take him from up there, maybe 50 feet, down the side of this mountain, and where they buried him in Joseph's tomb. It was very sobering to see all of that. And then you just look out, not too far, there's a road and there's a temple. So it's right in almost, you know, you could look and see where the Jewish temple was and still would be and will be Jesus' temple someday in Jerusalem. And I bet I stood there a long, long time thinking about all of this. And they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Dr. Ryber says it's from Psalm 22, that for my clothing, they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he can't save. If he's the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let God deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. This would be from noon until three in the afternoon. There was darkness. So that would really be a miracle in itself. The sun would be hidden. There was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two, not from the bottom to the top, But God did it from the top to the bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation for the Passover, The chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, how this deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Now after the Sabbath, and this is a plural word, the sabbaton. So there were maybe four Sabbaths. Every holy day was a Sabbath. So there were maybe the Sabbath of the Passover, the Sabbath of first fruits, the Sabbath of unleavened bread and the weekend sabbath. Now after the sabbaths, plural, as the first day of the week began to dawn, which would be Friday night sundown till Saturday night sundown, the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, Behold, I have told you." So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept, which they would all have had to pay for that with their lives. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews, Until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we're just going to read a little bit in Acts first. So turn a couple pages to Acts. It starts out, Luke wrote this. The former account I made, the book of Luke, O Theophilus, that's a lover of God. So somebody's writing to a friend, Theophilus. of oh, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, John the Baptist, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So he went up in a cloud, and he's coming back someday in clouds. When they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey or a half a mile. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, together with a number of names, it was about 120 men, and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before, by the mouth of David, concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that that field is called in their own language akaldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no one live in it. Let another take his office. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, Show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. Because three times a year, under the law of Moses, every Jew, devout Jew, had to go back to Jerusalem for three of the feasts, for three feasts, and this is one of them, Passover. So it was just filled with Jewish people, devout men from every nation under heaven, where the Jews had been scattered. They had to leave their home, maybe Asia, maybe Europe. They all had to go back to Jerusalem. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language, dialect or tongue. And they were all amazed and marvelled, saying to one another, "Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language, in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, Persian, and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia in Asia Minor, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene." Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them all speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants And maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth a man attested by God to you with miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him, Jesus, being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. So God knew all about this. God planned it because there was no other way for man to be saved. By the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, concerning Jesus, and this is Psalm 16, and David wrote this, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh will also rest in hope because you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, David was a prophet, being a prophet, And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, this is back in the Old Testament, I think it's 2 Samuel 7, God swore with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that Christ's soul was not left in hell, nor did his flesh see corruption this Jesus God is raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord, Yahweh in the Hebrew, the Y-H-W-H, the Lord said to my Lord, now this is Adonai, two different words for Lord in the Hebrew, Jehovah said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. That's Psalm 110. So David wrote, God the Father said to God the Son, and you might like to write that in connection with Psalm 110. Let's turn back to Psalm 110 and just see this. Psalm 110. That's how it starts out. The Lord said to my Lord, and as Yahweh said to Adonai, so God the Father said to God the Son, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning you have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn And will not repent or change his mind. This is the oath. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20, talks about the oath. And this is the oath that God made to Abraham. The Lord has sworn and will not relent to Jesus. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And you know who Melchizedek was? Turn back to Genesis 14, because he was a real person. Genesis 14. And I love to think about Melchizedek. You are priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And after Abraham defeated the five kings from the Middle East about 208 B.C., chapter 14 of Genesis, it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, that would be Persia, Ariot, king of Elisar, over in the Middle East, Ketelarmer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that they made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shemeber, king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, that is, Zoar. All these joined together in the valley of Siddim, that is, the Salt Sea. So this is the Dead Sea once they gathered there before it was full of water. Twelve years they served Ketelarimer, and in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Ketelarimer and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim. These would be the half-angel, half-human, demon. demon, Half-demon, half-human. Wicked, wicked giants, the giants in those days. And the Rephaim in Ashtoreth-Karneim, the Zuzim in Ham, these are more giants, the Emim in Shavakiriathim, and the Horites in their mountain of Seir, that would be in where Moab was, as far as El-Paran, which is by the wilderness. These are all giants, wicked, wicked people. Then they turned back and came to Anmishpat, that is Kadesh, and attacked the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites, who dwelled in Hazus Tamar, this is the Esau's land. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, that is, Zor, went out and joined together in battle in the Valley of Siddim, or at the Salt Sea, the Dead Sea today. Then Ketelarmer, king of Elam, Tidal king of nations, Amraphel king of Shinar, and Ariat king of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the Valley of Siddim was full of asphalt pits, bitumen, or asphalt pits, and that's where they still get a lot of oil. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, all their provisions, and went their way. They also took a lot. Abraham's brother's son, Abraham's nephew, who dwelt in Sodom. See, Abraham, when he came into the land, he said to his nephew, Now you look over the land and you can have any part you want and I'll take whatever's left. And when God gave it all to Abraham, but he said to Lot, you take your choice. And so Lot looked down and Sodom was, oh, it looked like the the Garden of Eden down there. So beautiful, so wonderful. So he chose that. And they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. And when, with the story in the Old Testament, he knew it was a wicked city. And so when he decided to go down there because business would be very good there, it'd be a great place to live. And he said, well, I won't go in the city. I know how bad it is. I'll just stay to the edge of it. Well, that's the way sin is. Starts out little and pretty soon it entices you all the way. And so he was snared. So he dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Abram, the Hebrew, this, the first place, Ebru, which is a son of Eber. When you look back in the early part of Genesis, probably the 10th chapter, Abraham came from Eber. And so Abraham, the Hebrew, that's where they get the Hebrew, he dwelt in the terebinth trees of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Anor, and they were allies with Abram. Now when Abram heard that his brother Lot was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. Now, they probably went and probably hundreds of thousands in this other heathen army. 318, he divided his forces against them by night. He and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hoba, which is north of Damascus. So here they were down in Jerusalem area and go up the Mediterranean into Syria, past Damascus. Damascus is one of the oldest cities in the world. It's still there. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the Valley of Shava. that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Ketelarimer and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, remember that name because we see it in the book of Hebrews, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, which later became Jerusalem. So here was this Melchizedek who was king of Salem. He brought out bread and wine, which is what we use in communion. But way back then, bread and wine, not a sacrifice, a blood animal, but it brought bread and wine. And he was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe, a tenth of all of his winnings in this battle. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand, I have saluted the Lord. God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, I'm following him, and that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say that you've made Abraham rich. Except only what the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eshkel, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Well, I've got to just read a little further because we see what happened. And after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Don't be afraid, Abram. So Abram, how would we know that he was fear stricken because of this great army that would come after him of these Persians, really, and all these people from the Middle East? He said, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless in the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one, Eliezer, won't be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then God brought him outside and said, Look now, Abram, toward heaven, count the stars, if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And Abram believed in the Lord, and the Lord accounted his faith, accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, but Lord God, how shall I know that I'll inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon, a bunch of old animals, not the young ones that they were supposed to bring me these animals. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he didn't cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that's not theirs. Prophesying the Egyptian captivity for 400 years. Your descendants will be strangers in a land that's not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, Egypt, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions, and we read in Exodus, they spoiled the Egyptians when they left Egypt after all the plagues that God brought on them. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age, but in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down, it was dark. And behold, there was a smoking oven, and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant or a contract with Abram saying, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, that'd be the Nile, to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites. And someplace I read that the Hittite empire was just absolutely huge and that it was all of what is now Turkey today, a huge area. So the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, these would be giants, and the Amorites, more Rephaim, more giants, the Canaanites and the Girgashites and the Jebusites. And Melchizedek, as we read later, was a Jebusite because he was king of Jerusalem. Jebus is an old name for Jerusalem. I did want to go back this about David Uh, Verse 30 of Acts 2, Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him uh, that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses." So I wanted to go back and mention that what happens at death? Um, Like in in Acts chapter 2, what is he saying? He will not leave his soul in Hades. Where was this place? In the heart of the earth? Yes. But at the moment of death in the Old Testament, before the resurrection of Jesus, and before this church age where at the moment of death today, if I would die today, my body they'd put in a grave. And um, I hope that you would all come to my funeral. <laughs> if it's yours, I'll come to your funeral. But that's what happens in hell. Before the resurrection, th- there was a place in the heart of the earth where the saved souls and spirits of believers went, awaiting Jesus' resurrection. So that today, the minute we die, we go immediately to heaven. But nobody could do that until Jesus rose from the dead because the way wasn't open until Jesus paid for everything by his death, burial and resurrection. So David did not ascend into the heavens as he himself said. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, Peter's word that day, and were baptized were about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. And had all things in common, sold their possessions, goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. We will just go on a little bit about the gift of the Holy Spirit, chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. This would be 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter, a certain man, saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked entering the temple with him walking, leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John all the people ran together to them in the porch which is called Solomon's porch greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it He responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this, or why look so intently at us, as though by our own power, or godliness, we'd made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when Pilate was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just. AND ASKED FOR A MURDERER TO BE GRANTED TO YOU. AND YOU KILLED THE PRINCE OF LIFE, WHOM GOD RAISED FROM THE DEAD, OF WHICH WE ARE WITNESSES. AND HIS NAME, THROUGH FAITH IN HIS NAME, JESUS, HAS MADE THIS MAN STRONG, WHOM YOU SEE AND KNOW. YES, THE FAITH WHICH COMES THROUGH HIM HAS GIVEN THIS PERFECT SOUNDNESS IN THE PRESENCE OF YOU ALL. YET NOW, BRETHREN, I KNOW THAT YOU DID IT IN IGNORANCE, As did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, God has thus fulfilled. Repent therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. This is Deuteronomy chapter 18, a prophecy. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you, and it shall come to pass that every soul who will not hear that prophet, Jesus, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant or the contract which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning every one of you from your iniquities. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, or by what name, have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Remember when he said, I do not know him, and began to curse and swear. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to the helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him... THIS MAN STANDS HERE BEFORE YOU WHOLE. THIS IS THE STONE WHICH WAS REJECTED BY YOU BUILDERS, WHICH HAS BECOME THE CHIEF CORNERSTONE, NOR IS THERE SALVATION IN ANY OTHER, THIS IS A VERSE YOU SHOULD underline. I GUESS I'VE UNDERLINED IT IN THREE COLORS, NOR IS THERE SALVATION IN ANY OTHER NAME BUT JESUS, FOR THERE IS NO OTHER NAME UNDER HEAVEN GIVEN AMONG MEN BY WHICH WE MUST BE SAVED. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them, it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. And I have to remember what Charlie Clough told me that when he was at MIT, they invited Bob Theme to speak to the Christian group there at MIT, this is a long time ago, and the people in charge said, but you're not to pray in Jesus' name. You're not to mention Jesus. Well, Bob thinks in heaven now, but back then, he got up in this loud stentorian voice, and Jesus Christ, the son of God, he just laid it on thick. So they called and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And by the mouth of your servant David have said, Psalm 2, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So that was the quote from Psalm 2. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that they, with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, Neither did any one say that any of the things he possessed was his own but they had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all nor was there any one among them who lacked for all were possessors of lands or houses they sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as any one had need And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, Barnabas was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and he brought a certain part he pretended to give it all, but he brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, wasn't it your own? You could do with it what you wanted. And after it was sold, wasn't it in your own control? Why have you conceived this lie or this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. He died, died the sin unto death. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it? that you've agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came and found her dead, carrying her out. They buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people, and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, demons, and they were all healed. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders and the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and didn't find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. Then one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went, and the officers, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you fill Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to His right hand to be Prince and Savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who believe in Him. When they heard this, they were furious and took counsel to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census, that would be when Jesus was born, and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you can't overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease preaching and teaching Jesus as the Christ. Now we'll stop here and next week we'll take maybe four or five more chapters starting with chapter 6. And this next is just so sad about Stephen the first martyr. And the sermon of Stephen in the 7th chapter is just priceless. Lord, we thank you for your word and ask that you would bless it to our hearts and each one that's here today. Just be with our families. Keep us safe and well. And we just look for your soon return. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.